to catch you up, we've been um, studying through the book of 1 John. We got to chapter 2, and it talked about um, that one of the ways we affirm that we are believers is that we know, live, and walk the law of God. And I thought, well, it'd be a good time to just stop and let's focus on the law of God. And let's c- come to a place where we know the law of God well. This morning, I want us to grasp a summary of the law of God. I don't know about you, but I, I, have, I struggle to stay attentive to things. I'm easily distracted. So when I, when I pick up a book to read it, I want to know what the summary is. The summary grabs me and it helps me stay attentive. So if I'm buying a book, you know, whether it's online or at a store, I look at the jacket. What does it say? What does it say on the back? What are people saying about it? Um, if I can't find a good summary there, I look at the table of contents and try to create my own summary. What are these chapters really about? Um, I want to get acclimated to that book so that it holds my attention and I stay focused on what the author wants for me there or, or I just don't get it. I want us to do the same thing with the law of God. God gives us a summary of His law so that we can grasp it at whatever age that we understand it we can stay focused upon it Uh, and I want you to have that summary as well this morning so that we know the law well Uh, last time I was preaching to you I showed you the apostle Paul's summary of the law of God in first Timothy chapter one where he had a summary in order just quick little statements of every one of the ten commandments in first Timothy um, and we looked at that, and I'm, I'm providing this morning, you've got it on your handout, go ahead and go, go to the next cl- uh, slide, this 10 quick summary of the law of God. There's an old survey uh, that was done by uh, a coalition I think has gone out of uh, uh, business right now, but uh, anyway, they asked this question of church groups, churches and church groups. So it's the only people being surveyed. They asked them, could you name the Ten Commandments, all ten of them, and also the two places in the Bible they're found? Can you do that in 60 seconds or less? They asked that survey question, and only 1% of the respondents, church folks, were able to name all ten commandments and the two places In the Bible, they're found in 60 seconds or less. Now, this is not really difficult to do. And so it's just, really? That's where we are? Ten Commandments. Have no other gods. Number one, make no idols. Speak well of God and for God. Fourth Commandment, keep the Sabbath day special. Fifth, honor father and mother. Sixth, commit no murder. Commit no adultery. Commit no stealing. Tell no lies against our neighbor and do not covet Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5. That took what, 10 seconds, 15 seconds? It's really not hard to do this in 60 seconds. But apparently there are a lot of people who haven't focused on a summary of the law of God. That's why I want you to get there this morning. So that the law of God becomes a tool that you can use in your everyday life. When you think of something, you run it through the grid of the Ten Commandments. Next week, Lord willing, I've, got, I've given you this um, uh, quick summary. Uh, next week, uh, Jonathan and Michaela have put that together in a nice little slide. And 
we're going to provide you a nice little refrigerator magnet. Okay, next week you can pick up, you can put this on your refrigerator. And as I go through each of these commandments, you're going to be able to know them. Uh, and you're going to be able to remember them just because we're going to spend enough time on them that you get them and, and, and you own them and you start to use them as yours. Well, let's look where God summarizes them. Look at Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. This is Jesus, Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Pharisees and Sadducees, come to Jesus and they ask him this question. They ask for the summary. Verse 36. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and the first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So there's Jesus' summary of the ten. So I've given you a summary of, of all ten. And then he even summarizes it even down from there to just two. You might not have studied too much on the Pharisees or Sadducees, but they went through their Bibles and they counted up all the commandments. And they came up with the fact that God sent Genesis to their time, had given them 613 commandments. So they were teaching 613 commandments. When they asked Jesus, which is the greatest, they might not be asking the greatest of 10. They might be asking the greatest of 613. Okay? So Jesus, going through his mental file on all 613, without hesitation, says, all right, I'll give you the answer to your question. Number one, the greatest of the 613 are the greatest of the ten, whichever you want to choose. And he immediately quotes Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, which is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And he says, by the way, you didn't ask the second greatest commandment. Let me just go ahead and tell you the second greatest commandment. And then he immediately quotes Leviticus 19, verse 18, which is love the Lord, love, love one another, love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two greatest commandments. And he says, and all of the Ten Commandments rest upon those two. Those are foundational principles. That we love God and we love our neighbor. How do you summarize God's commands? I can do it in two words. Love commands. Love commands. God says the, the law of God rests on two commandments. And the focus of both commandments is love. Love God, the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, Love, second command, your neighbor as yourself. The commandments of God are guides for loving God and loving one another. And I think it's because we have failed to get that summary in our heads, in our hearts, we're neglecting the commands. Oh, I, 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 don't, I don't need to know all these commands. 
Why not? You're not interested in love? You're not interested in loving God? You're not interested in loving one another? Because all of the commands rest upon this focus of loving God and loving our neighbor. With all, and being all in, all our heart, all our mind, all our strength. Our neighbors are going to be loved as well as we possibly can love because we lo- we're going to love them the way we love ourselves. That's the summary of the law of God. If, <clears throat> if you don't know that summary well, your tendency is to ignore God's commands. It's to ignore God's law, and I don't want us to be there. We need to know God's law and live by it. So I want to think about this a little bit further this morning. Why are the commands, the law of God, why is the law of God summarized by love? And I want to give you five reasons. Five reasons why the law of God is summarized by love. And so you should know the law. You should crave to know more and more of the law of God because it's, it's about love. It really is. It's not about something else. So many people have characterized the law of God as, as a list of do's and don'ts, as restrictions and burdens. It's not restrictions and burdens. It's about love. We get it. We get it right we're going to be better lovers. First of all, the commandments are summarized by love. Why? Because God says so. God himself says so. Exodus 20, you get, I, I already told you two places, the, the uh, Ten Commandments are found in the Bible. First, it's in Exodus 20, and then it's in Deuteronomy 5. But when you, when you look at Exodus 20, just before God gives them, the people of God, the Ten Commandments, He gives them these words. God spoke, Exodus 20, all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Summarized, I'm the God who redeemed you. I'm the God who's been taking care of you. I'm the God who's brought you out of bondage. I'm the God who brought you out of sin. That's who I am. That's what I do. And then he gives them the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments then flow from this standpoint that God is a redeemer. He cares for us. Uh, God doesn't come and say, I need you. And I need you to do something for me. And here's ten things. That's not the way he starts. He said, I didn't need you. I didn't need to do anything for you. I didn't need you to do anything for me. But I did come to you, and I did redeem you, and I did deliver you, and I did take you out of bondage. I did part the Red Sea for you. I did bring you to a beautiful land flowing with milk and honey. I did all of those things for you, and yet nothing was required of me to do so. Um, I'm just wanting you to love. Look at uh, Jesus' comments on the Ten Commandments. Look at First John chapter, it's not First John, excuse me, John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Verse 15. John chapter 14. 14, verse 15, Jesus is speaking. He says, if you love me, 
what will you do? You keep my commandments. It's, it's about love. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Why? Because you say so. Because God knows that his commands are love guides. If we're going to love, we're going to be guided by these laws. Look at chapter 15 of John, verse 10. John 15, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, so he started off, if you love, you'll do the commandments. Now he's going the other way. If you keep commandments, my commandments, you'll abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments. So these commands are love commands. If you love God, you keep commands. If you keep commands, you love God. They go together. Let's suppose <clears throat> your car breaks down. Side of the road won't work. And a guy pulls up beside you and say, you know, you got some problems? Yeah. Well, let me take care of you. Where you need to go, I'll just take you there. And they say, wow, that'd be great. And say, well, and, and by the way, I've got a brother who has a record service. I'll call him up. He'll tow your car. And I got another brother that has a shop. I'll tow your car to the shop. I'll get it fixed. And I'll just bring it to you. And you're thinking, this has got to be a scam. You know, what's going on here? The next morning, your car shows up in your driveway. The guy steps out and says, got your car fixed. Just wanted to bring it by. And you said, that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. How much do I owe you? He said, no, I got it. You don't owe me a thing. You said, no, how much do I owe you? Let me pay you something. No, I got it. You don't owe me a thing. And you just can't believe it. You keep trying to pay him for delivering you from that wrecked car. And he says, no, I got it. He says, um, you know, I just cranked a churn of homemade ice cream. Would you sit down and have a scoop? Let's just talk. Let's just have some fellowship. And you say, duh, yes, yes. Well, suppose Christ came to us when we were broken in our sin and in our shame. And suppose he delivered us from all our sin and all our shame. And we say, what can I do? How can I pay you? And he says, no, I got it. I got it. You don't owe me anything. I've paid for all your sin, all your shame, and you don't owe me anything. Let me pay you something. Let me do something for you. No, I got it. I have paid for every sin, all your shame, past, present, future. I've got some bread and I've got some wine. Would you sit down maybe and just have some fellowship? Could we just love each other? Could we talk? Would you learn that I love it when you sing praises? Would you learn that I love it when you live like me according to the law? But would you know that you don't know me? 
I've paid it all with my body and my blood. You see, the commandments are love commands because God says so. He never says, do this to pay me. He says, I've already paid. Do this to love me. You you have this hunger in your heart to be with me and to love me back. I'll show you what that looks like. It looks like keeping these ten, Ten Commands. We love God according to His commands because that's the way you do it. That's the way God describes it because He says so. Second, because these commands reflect the nature of the lawgiver. God's nature, primary nature, is to love. So any command that comes from His nature is going to be a loving command. Look at 1 John chapter 4. 1 John 4, verse 16. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. It's God's nature to love. If you know God, you know love. If you know love, you know God. They go together. It's his nature to love. It would be contrary for him to do what's not loving. Now, look at Matthew 7, verse 11. Here's kind of a comparison that God gives us about his love for us. Matthew 7, verse 11 says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? He says, if you were a father, your kids ask you for something, you wouldn't give them a snake. You wouldn't give them a rock. You would love them. If, and He says, if you know how to do that, think how much more God knows how to give good gifts. He has given us the law as a good gift. He knows how to love us. He gives us part of his nature when he gives us the law of God. Um, and we need to keep his laws because they're given and loved. Love, and they're, they're kept in love. It's part of his nature. Uh, it's not his nature to be burdensome to us, to make it tough on us, but rather to provide love for us. That's what a loving Heavenly Father does. Third, because a loving relationship requires it. Uh, God entered into a relationship with the people of Israel in the Old Testament when He redeemed them out of Egypt and gave them His law. That relationship demands love. How many of you expect a marriage to work without love? How many expect uh, any relationship really to work without love? The, the relationship we have with God doesn't work without love. A loving relationship requires loving laws. Look at uh, 1 John 4, verse 7. 1 John 4, verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, 
Love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. It's what's required for loving each other. It's required for loving God. It's love. It's, 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 it's part of the requirement. There must be love commands or the relationship won't work. Number four, because these commands are non-burdensome commands. It's amazing that this is how God describes it. Look at 1 John 5, the first three verses. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not burdensome. Wow. I mean, who told you the commands were a burdensome list of rules and restrictions? God's Word says, my commands are not burdensome. They're not. Um, they're love commands. And love commands are not burdensome. Um, I've told all of my kids' wife at some point, you know, this is, is family. At some point you're doing something for them uh, because, you know, their life has gotten really stressed. And they respond to you and say, I am so sorry. I am such a bother today. And how do you respond to that when that happens? Well, my response has been, you're not a bother. You're family. You remember the old uh, lyrics, the old, old song, He ain't heavy, he's my brother. I mean, there, there are certain people in your life, it doesn't matter what the chore is. You do it. And it's not a burden to do it because you love them. And they love you. It's the nature of that relationship. The commands God gives us are not burdensome. They're, they are our way to love Him. They are our way for Him to love us. For us to love one another, to maintain this relationship that God has given us. Number five, uh, they also share eternal qualities. The commands of God share eternal quality. I want you to see this. This is crucial to see the comparison that God gives us in His Word between law and love. Look, first of all, at law. law. Look at uh, Psalm 19, verse 7. Psalm 19, verse 7. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul. Now just stop and think about that a minute. God's law is perfect. If it's perfect, it means you don't have to ever add to it. You don't ever have to subtract from it. If it's perfect, it has no ending. Because there's no reason for it to ever go away. There's no reason for it to cease. It's already perfect. It's only imperfect, imperfect stuff... That needs, to, that needs to stop. That needs to cease. We need to get something better in here. But if it's perfect, it never ceases, never diluted, never added to. It's already at its perfect state. And God says that about His law. The law is 
perfect. Now look at love. Look at 1 Corinthians 13. Verse 8. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Verse 8. Love never ends. Love never ends. You don't ever need more or less. It, it just, it, it is. And it continues. The love of God is also perfect. The law of God is perfect. Now, stop and think about that a minute. When you go to heaven, there's going to be things in heaven, right, that they end. We don't need them anymore. I'm so thankful when I go to heaven, I'm not going to need repentance. That gift's gone. In heaven, there won't be me sinning. Because I'm not sinning, I don't need to turn from sin and turn to Christ. That's repentance. In heaven, sin is removed. And I become like Christ. So I don't need it. Faith. You don't need faith. Faith Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the, the conviction of things not seen. When you get to heaven, you see Christ face to face. You don't believe in what you can't see. You believe in Him now because you, you see Him face to face. You don't need the faith to believe that He is when you don't see Him. But when you get to heaven, you still need love. Love never ceases. Love's perfect. Even in heaven, you don't need to add to it. You don't need to take away. And the law of God, perfect. That standard works in heaven just like it works on earth. You don't add to it. You don't take away from it. And it doesn't slide away. It is God's standard forever. It's perfect. All the more reason to know it and to live for it. Um, Jesus says, You can't be separated from my love. You won't be separated from my law. They're perfect. And they never end. Well, let's get to some practical. How then can the Ten Commandments help us love God and man? They are our law. They are our love. They are on our hearts We want to keep God's commands. How do we use them to love God and man? Um, Whenever we approach a job or a person or an event, a lot of times we're asking, what will this give me? What's in it for me? How, How will this love me? How will this person love me? I want us to see the law of God enables us to love. It does give us something. Uh, We need the Ten Commandments to to love. The first four commandments help us love God. Commands five through ten help us to love one another. And we need this law to be effective and fruitful lovers. They keep us on track. Um, I was repairing a fence uh, once when my kids were young and 
So I, had, I needed to replace a few fence posts. So I got my post hole diggers and I dug, dug the hole for the new fence post, put the fence post in, and then said, now we need to put dirt, you know, teaching them how to do this. Now we need to put dirt in the hole, use the back of the handle of the shovel, and let's pack around it. Well, they started, I had took the first few scoops of dirt, laid it aside. They, that was the easy dirt, so they grab it and start, no, 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 you can't put that in the hole. Why not? I said, well, because that's called topsoil. And topsoil doesn't pack. You don't put topsoil in the hole to make this fence post stay. Topsoil is like sand. You've all held sand in your hands, and it just runs through your fingers. It doesn't have a stick quality. I don't know what you call it. It just doesn't stick, okay? Topsoil is the same way. It doesn't stick together. If you want the post to be sturdy, you have to put soil in the ground that sticks. It's like glue. It holds it. I said, we need some, some other kind of soil to pack in. It will stick and it will hold. I want to see that the law of God is what makes our relationship with God stick. It's what makes our relationship with one another stick. We hold together because we're not built on sand. We're built on a perfect, ceaseless law, substance of God that holds us together. The first four commands, as you think through them, God says, number, command number one, have no other gods, no other gods. Well, that will make you stick with the one true God. Don't love in any way, second command, that I don't prescribe for you. Look at my word to find out what pleases me. That will make us stick together. Third command, when you speak, when stuff comes out of your mouth, speak well of me and for me in respect of this relationship. It'll make us stick together. And the fourth commandment, give me time. Give me time. A relationship requires time. Make the first day of every week, the Sabbath day, make it special for us. You see how those commands just glue you to God and enables, guides you to, to love Him with all your heart, soul, strength. And then commands 5 through 10 to start commandment number 5 with honor and respect for authority. He said, I've designed the world with a structure of authority in place. Honor your father and mother. Start with a respect for that. That I designed. You didn't get here without a father or mother. Start with respect. Start from where you came from. And honor them. And that sixth commandment. Remember life is made in the image of God. Don't murder it. Don't destroy it. My image is crucial. And I want the world to be populated with it. And you see, begin, you're, you're stuck to mom and dad. You're stuck to a family. You're stuck to humanity. Seeing 
the value of people made in the image of God. Seventh commandment, don't commit adultery. You say, there are relationships God's designed like marriage. He said, I don't want you to destroy that. You destroy that, you destroy other relationships. I want you to stick together. This is a guide to help you love and love well. The Eighth Commandment, understand everybody has been divinely given privacy. Private property. Do not steal. Don't take from others. Give. Be givers. Uh, The Ninth Commandment, don't lie against your neighbor. Don't slander. Don't cut them down. Tenth Commandment, be content with what I have given you, where I have placed you, what your gifts and abilities are. Don't covet other people, what they have, and where I've placed them. It's not going to work that way. You've got to see that I'm in charge, God says, and I've given you what you need. And when you get content with that, it just sticks you close to others. Instead of wanting to rival them, you care for them, and they care for you. You see how all of these Ten Commands, they They're like glue that stick us in a love relationship with God and with one another. They're love commands. That's the summary. It says you can summarize the Ten Commandments in two words. Love. Commands. Or love God. Love. Four words. Love God. Love one another. We've missed the love commands and made them at times burdensome rules and restrictions. Clearly, it's a time to call for repentance. Are you in that 99% that you can't list the Ten Commandments and where where they're found in 60 seconds? Do you, I mean, the question is, well, do you love God? Because God says, if you love me, you keep my commands. It's impossible to keep what you don't even know. So, I don't know how to say that in, in, in stronger terms. It's, it's a time for repentance for the church of God, for us, for, for anyone. Doesn't know and love God's law. That, Lord, we repent. We turn from treating your word, treating your law like burdensome rules and restrictions. We turn away from that. And we turn to your law as beautiful blessings, as love guides. As the way I'm guided to love you with all my heart, mind, and strength as a way I'm guided to love my neighbor as myself, because that's what it is. We've let the evil one trick us into thinking that we're no longer under law. We don't need law. We, we just do what we want to do. Everyone just does what's right in their own eyes, and that doesn't work. We must come back to God's Word and live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And his law is perfect and it's right. 
and it's not going away. Let us see its beauty and its rightful use. You might be here this morning and you say, I've tried that, doesn't work. If you've tried to, to know and live the Ten Commandments and it has not worked for you, the problem is not the law. The law has not ceased being perfect. See, if it's perfect, it can't cease. The problem is not the law. The problem is your heart. You need a new heart. You need a heart that has the law of God upon it. You need a heart that's filled with the God's Spirit that causes you to walk in such a way as you walk according to God's law. If you don't have that heart, the only way to get that heart is to trust Christ for it. So I encourage you, before you leave, before you go to sleep today, that you pray where you are and say, God, I need a heart filled with your love and your law that I might live for you. I have been unable to do that myself. I need a work of God in my life. So I encourage you to pray that way. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time this morning as we get a glimpse of the summary of your law. Forgive us. We're sinners. Forgive us for treating the law of God lightly. For going about life according to our made-up standards rather than embracing your perfect standard. Forgive us for not loving well because we've not had a loving God. We ask that you would bring us back to the law which is perfect and right, that we might love you and love one another well. For those, Lord, here that need a new heart, they can't earn it, they can't create it, so we ask for mercy from on high. Oh, Lord, descend. Come into this place and grant each soul that cries out to you today Grant them a new heart in Christ that they might have your love and your law forevermore. For we ask these things, O Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.